welcome to the Indie Dev Life podcast, a show about the ins and outs of independent software development. My name is Brian, and I am an independent developer. For today's topic, I wanted to give an update on what's going on with Huel, uh, my tour guide app for iOS that is in open beta right now. I rolled out a few new features over the weekend, including a new revamped audio player and a lot of other bug fixes and enhancements. My thanks to all of the beta testers so far for submitting their feedback and helping me do all of the testing that I need to do. Things are looking pretty good. Uh, I have a little bit more that I'd like to do before the app actually goes onto the App Store, but things are starting to wrap up and I'm just putting some finishing touches on. For posterity, I wanna take a little bit of time to talk about some of the issues that I've had with Huel in its open beta phase. This is the first time I've ever used um, Apple's CloudKit for anything really. And it's actually the first time I've used iCloud in any meaningful way as a developer. And there's a bunch of little nuances and things that I think are kind of interesting. And for anyone out there who's also building iOS apps using iCloud, uh, I hope my experiences here are a little bit of a cautionary tale or a little bit of a uh, guide to help you overcome some rather annoying issues. So about a week and a half ago, I pushed out another beta update to Huel and got some feedback from one of my testers that they couldn't vote uh, on any locations. They were getting an error message that was just pretty generic, said they couldn't vote and they should check their iCloud status. Uh, that was a message I'd put in there. And the error basically just accounted for any error that happened during the voting process, that message would be shown. So unfortunately, when they submitted the feedback, it didn't really provide me with any information as to why. So I worked on this issue for a little while, trying to get a little more information into what's going on. Um, CloudKit wasn't giving me much in the way of data about the error or anything else. So I was kind of on my own. And it took going back and forth for quite a while, uh, releasing a bunch of updates just for that tester, trying to get a bunch of error messages or reporting messages in, just to give me some insight into what the problem could possibly be before I figured it out. Long story short, the issue actually ended up being that this person was effectively halfway logged out of iCloud. I guess certain functionality in iCloud is not available. Most websites, if you search for the error message you get, will tell you that this usually happens if iCloud Drive is turned off. I guess for CloudKit, iCloud Drive has to be on for some reason, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there you go. That wasn't actually the error with this particular user. A lot of the forums also said that a user can get halfway logged out of iCloud if they've changed their account in any way and their phone hasn't uh, been granted access. So the easiest way to fix that is to open the settings app, tap on your uh, user profile picture, and you should be prompted for a password to kind of fully log you back into the system. That also was not the problem with this user. And for a while, I actually had no idea what the problem was because when I Googled for the specific error message that I got, uh, Google returned zero results, which is a harrowing experience for anyone. Eventually, it was a combination of things, like it almost always is. Uh, one issue was on my end, uh, I had forgotten to roll out some new permissions on the CloudKit database. And the other issue was that this person needed to change their iCloud password for some reason. I'm not entirely sure what Apple's process is or what their rules are around this kind of thing. I've had this happen to me a couple times in the lifetime of owning all of my Apple devices. I think it's happened like two or three times where... One day you just get a message that says, oh, you can't download apps or, oh, you can't log into your iTunes account or whatever else. 
and you have to eventually find out that that's because Apple wants you to reset your password. For some reason, they don't just tell you that. Uh, but you go into their web portal to manage your Apple ID, and it immediately tells you, oh, you have to reset your you know, password with no explanation as to why or how or why they didn't tell you this directly in another error message. They waited for you to discover it. And that was exactly the issue here. So when the user opened their iCloud account, their iCloud profile on their phone, it didn't prompt them for a password. They did have iCloud Drive turned on. They did have all the other settings correct. But then for some reason, when they went to go download an app, they were told they needed to change their password. So that eventually ended up fixing the problem. So eventually I added an error message to the app that actually explains this a little bit more uh, and that catches this error so that they don't have the error while voting. But it's unfortunate that Apple doesn't tell the user that information that actually would have affected their ability to do anything with CloudKit, not just my app. And it's unfortunate that, you know, I don't know how long that user has been dealing with that problem, but apparently it's been just not able to work with CloudKit for a very long time. Other than that issue, though, uh, things with Yule are going pretty well. So I'm really excited uh, wrapping up a few new features, like I said, and hopefully no promises, but I'm hoping to get the app into the App Store you know, uh, around the start of the year. So hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, that's what the, the current timeline is looking like. A lot of things with you all, I'm actually not trying to rush. Normally, I would I would get really excited and I would just submit it to App Review and release it to the App Store and it probably wouldn't be ready and, and I'd have to deal with that. This time, I'm trying to leave it in beta for a while, get some feedback, add some features as I want, test everything, really kind of take a really chill approach to releasing my software. Hopefully, that ends up with things being a little higher quality and hopefully uh, I can add new features and fully give them the, the, the run-through and, and the, the fleshing out that they really need. In other news, I've been working on an update to the Pine.blog app for iOS. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I have started doing a UI refresh on the app and really fixing a lot of the long-standing bugs with the application. And in doing so, I've essentially started diving down a bunch of different rabbit holes, as I think a lot of developers are prone to do sometimes. I started with a visual refresh, decided I wanted to fix a couple bugs while I was there. Halfway through that, I decided I wanted to do a much larger refactor, and halfway through that, I wanted to fix a long-standing problem. And so now I'm like four partial projects in. It's not a great state to be in, but it's starting to come to the, the wrapping up phase, so everything is uh, kind of coming together now. The app is actually somewhat usable again, which is great. Since it was making decent progress toward actually shipping something, my brain got sidetracked again, and I started to resurrect an old goal of mine that has long been dormant and make the Pine.blog app available on macOS. I don't know anything about developing for macOS on AppKit or anything like that, but Catalyst exists, so I thought I would try that. I actually tried it about six, eight months ago, and I never got anywhere. Uh, I started setting up some basic stuff with the application, but but I was busy with other things at the time, and it never really went anywhere. I was able to build it, but, you know, it didn't work. And it looks kind of ugly because it looks like iOS on Macs, which is not super ideal. But a couple of days ago, I decided to, you know, what the heck, let's try it again. Let's uh, build it for macOS and, you know, give it a shot. Try to modify it to make it work on, on Macs and make it feel like it somewhat belongs on the platform. I've had a lot of success with that, actually. Uh, the app now works just as well on Macs as it does on iOS, which is to say it's still in the middle of a large refactor, so it kind of doesn't work. But I've essentially reached bug parity. The exact number of bugs, it seems, that are on the iOS version are also in the Mac version, which I guess is progress. 
And that since the two apps are essentially the same code base, fixing a bug in one means it's fixed in the other. So at this point, I'm basically done with the Mac port aspect of it. And I am just working on getting all the stuff that I was already working on uh, tied up in a nice little bow and ready to test and ship. I'm really kind of enjoying working on a macOS app. I've never done something like this before. It's really pretty cool. Catalyst has a lot of features to be able to, you know, add menu items and stuff like that. A bunch of stuff I didn't really realize uh, to make things feel more native, which is awesome. When the app does eventually come out, it's not going to be through the Mac App Store. Uh, I think I'm going to distribute it via my own site. To be honest, I'm really looking forward to having the freedom to be able to do that. That's not something you can do on iOS. And it's something that I've always kind of been envious of with Mac developers. That said, there is a heck of a process you have to do to actually get Apple to sign off on you doing that, distributing outside of the Mac App Store. But it's kind of one of those, uh, you do it once, you figure it out, and then it's really easy from there kind of things. As an iOS developer who has had occasional rejections from the App Store for what I personally think are somewhat silly or uh, unnecessary reasons, this might sound silly, but actually one thing I'm really looking forward to being able to distribute outside the Mac App Store and outside of Apple's control in a lot of ways is I'll finally be able to link to my own website from the app. A lot of people don't know this, but if your site supports uh, signing up for an account or creating subscriptions or handling payments in any way, you can't really link to your own site within your iOS app uh, because Apple doesn't allow you to essentially convince your users to use a web-based or alternative payment system. So if you offer a premium subscription or, you know, in-app purchases or anything on both your website and on iOS, your app can't link out to your website, even for things like password resets or things like that. I mean, you can if you provide no other links that can allow your user to get to your main site or to the payment system. So for example, I can't even link to my knowledge base because from the knowledge base, there's a button at the top to go back to the main site, which can allow you to sign up and enter a credit card and, and, and sign up for my service. And Apple doesn't allow that. So I've had to add a bunch of functionality to the iOS app to make it kind of a more complete experience of using Pine.blog. A lot more features than I actually necessarily wanted to implement. I've always thought of the iOS and Mac apps as auxiliary to the website, not an alternative to it. And there's a lot of functionality that I would rather just implement on the web, free of a lot of iOS's concerns or limitations. But sometimes that just hasn't been the case because either Apple's policy says that I have to provide some functionality or because I can't link out to the website, the app might be useless in certain ways if I didn't implement that functionality within the app. On macOS, if I'm distributing outside of the App Store, I don't have to do any of that. So I can actually have a button that just says, oh, you want to sign up for Pine.blog? Here, go to the website. And it just takes you to the website in your browser. I can't tell you how freeing that actually feels as an iOS developer to be able to do that because it means that I can also implement functionality in the Mac app later. Like, for example, if I wanted to support in-app signups in the macOS app, I could, but I don't have to implement it at launch, uh, which is awesome. There's also a bunch of screens in the iOS app that are dedicated to handling account settings and things like that. Things I've always thought were a little bit out of place in the app, but they needed to be there for any user's who only use the app. On macOS, I can actually just have a, uh, a menu item that says manage your account that takes you to your Pine account on the web, which means I don't have to implement that functionality in yet another place. So I can have one canonical version of managing your account on the web and then an auxiliary one on iOS, and then I don't have to have one on the Mac. And the Mac can focus on 
being a good reading experience, being a good browsing experience, you know, keeping you up to date, handling push notifications or other things like that. And it doesn't have to worry about all these unneeded complexities that you could just go to the website to do. This will also be the first time I'm not going to have to go through app review, which is going to be awesome. I don't know much about distributing outside of the App Store, uh, other than a lot of people use uh, the Sparkle framework to do automatic updates and things like that. I'm going to be doing the same. And a lot of that is new, and uh, because it's the Mac, it's a little bit old and, and clunky in a lot of ways. But I cannot tell you, coming from iOS, how excited I am to be able to bundle DMGs and upload them to my website as a method of distribution. It's so much simpler. It's so much more under my control. And it just it just feels like the software is actually mine rather than being Apple's and I'm just submitting to it. I don't have a timeline yet on when this version of Pine.blog for macOS or iOS will be released. I assume based on the timeline or the progress that I've made so far that the iOS app will be released on the App Store before the macOS app will be. That said, the Mac app may come out in alpha or in beta on the website before then. Uh, I've actually reached a fairly stable point where I could release an alpha or beta app for the Mac, but I haven't yet decided if I'm going to go through with that process yet. If you'd like to see an alpha or a beta app for Pine.blog on macOS, uh, let me know, either on uh, on Twitter, on Pine.blog, on micro.blog, or email, or wherever. But at this point, I, I kind of want to wrap up the beta phase of the Mac app and start focusing on really hardening it for iOS so that I can get that out there and, and, and fix those kind of long-standing issues and, and give the app a good UI refresh that it deserves. That's it for today. Before I go, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone out there who purchased a copy of my book, Going Indie, A Complete Guide to Becoming an Independent Software Developer. The last week and a half, as the book has been actually out and receiving rankings and reviews, I've been really excited to see all that feedback and all the, the leaderboards come in. I guess they're not actually leaderboards, but whatever. It's been really exciting to see the demand for the book. I hope that it continues uh, on into the coming months. If you haven't already purchased a copy, you can go to goingindie.tech and you can see all the links to purchase it there. For some reason, Amazon still isn't listing the ebook. Uh, I still don't know why. I will continue looking into that. <laughs>